Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. You don't need God to give you something. You need to draw out what God has already put on the inside of you. We're asking God for more when the truth is you've already got it. You don't need more. What you need is revelation of what you've already got. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Monday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. This is the beginning of my sixth week of teaching through this series entitled, You've Already Got It. And I tell you, I have shared truths that are some of the most important things that God has ever shown me. This is one of the greatest applications that I ever understood about who we are in Christ and what we have in Christ. This is, this is a, a deal changer. It's literally transformed my life. And what I'm going to be sharing with you this week is about how you already have the faith of Christ. You know, I've already spent five weeks teaching on what you have in Christ, that you have Christ living on the inside of you. Everything that He is, everything that He has, everything that He can do is already in you. And some people may say, well, all right, I see that, but how do I get it out? How do I begin to experience this? And they think, I just need more faith. You know, most people recognize that faith is the victory that overcomes the world. That's what it says in 1 John chapter 5. So faith is powerful. Faith overcomes all of these kind of things. Hebrews chapter 11 is called the uh, Faith Hall of Fame, and it talks about all of the miracles that were wrought through faith. And people recognize that faith is important, but they just say, well, I just don't have any. And they're all the time asking for more faith. Matter of fact, in Luke chapter 17, the disciples of Jesus said, Lord, increase our faith. And I'm not going to take time to turn over there, but basically he gave a parable that, hey, you just aren't using what you've got. It's not that you need more faith. You need to use what you've got. And so when I begin in my walk with the Lord, the very first application of recognizing what I had in Christ and who I was and the power and the authority that I had, the very first application I made to my personal life and ministry was understanding that I already had the faith of Jesus on the inside of me. It's not out there. I didn't need more. I just needed to learn how to use what I had. As a matter of fact, I was in Childress, Texas in 1976. I remember that because that was our bicentennial and I was in Childress, Texas, pastoring a little church, and the very first teaching I ever recorded and put out was entitled, The Faith of God. And I put it out on a reel-to-reel -reel tape. And that was the very first teaching I ever put out. And that's what I'm going to be sharing with you, is that you already have the faith of the Son of God on the inside of you. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, I've used this verse quite a bit during this series, but I was using it to teach a different point. Let me go back to it. And in verse 8, it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That faith is not of yourselves. There's two ways you can take this. When it says that you are saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, you could say that that is talking about that that salvation is not of yourself. You can't save yourself. You have to have a Savior. You have to put faith in a Savior. And that's accurate, but it's also accurate to say 
that that faith, it says you're saved by grace through faith, and that faith is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Now think about this. When you got born again, and I'm assuming that the majority of people watching this program have received salvation through putting faith in Jesus. If you haven't, then the things I'm about to say don't apply to you, but they can if you would just receive Jesus as your Savior. We've got a number that you can call. People will pray with you, and you can be born again. But if you have already been born again, think about this. You came to the Lord, and you were believing for things that you couldn't see, things that there was no proof of. You were believing that God exists. You can't prove that God exists. You can't see Him. You can't put Him in a test tube. People are always trying to do something to prove in the natural that God exists. But you know, even when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and He came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, that means not only was it a miracle that after four days being dead, He rose from the dead, but then even then, His legs were wrapped. He couldn't walk, and yet He came out to the front of the tomb. I mean, He was not only raised from the dead, but He was transported somehow or another to the front of the tomb. People saw this, which to me, to anybody who has a sensitive heart, man, that proves the supernatural power of God that He does exist. But there were people right there who ran to the chief priest and took counsel how they could kill not only Jesus, but also Lazarus. They didn't believe. And in Luke chapter 16, you know, the parable that Jesus gave about the rich man who died and went to hell, and then Lazarus, who was a beggar, and he died and went to heaven. The rich man begged Abraham to send Lazarus and just dip his finger in water and let one drop come and to cool his tongue in hell. And uh, he said, no, we can't do it. And he says, well, then send Lazarus back to witness to my brothers, lest they come into this place of torment. And he says, nope, they have Moses and the prophet. And the a rich man says, they won't believe Moses and the prophets, but they'll believe if somebody rose from the dead. Lazarus, I mean, um, Abraham told the rich man, he says, no, they won't believe. If they don't believe the Word of God, they will not believe, though they saw someone raised from the dead. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. Faith doesn't come by miracles. Now, miracles will confirm and encourage a person who's already a believer and make them stronger. Uh, miracles may cause a person to drop some of their barriers and some of their intellectual things and open up their heart and consider, well, maybe God is real because I just saw this. But you don't get faith through miracles. You don't get faith any other way than through the Word of God. You have to hear the truth of the Word of God. And so anyway, my point is that faith is supernatural, and you have to believe in a God whom you haven't seen. You can't do that with just natural faith. Let me, let me back up just a second and say this. Some people, I've actually heard this teaching when I was a young kid in church, and they took a, a, a chair and sat it on the platform, and they said, it's faith for you to come sit in this chair and you believe that it'll hold you up. How do you know that this chair will hold you up? It's possible that, you know, the screws or something are undone. This thing could fall apart. You're using faith to sit in that chair. Well, in a sense, that's faith, but it is a human faith that is based on knowledge. It's based on physical things. In other words, 
IF YOU WERE TO HAVE A CHAIR THAT ONLY HAD THREE INSTEAD OF FOUR LEGS AND THE THING WAS WOBBLING AND LEANING AND YOU COULD SEE IT WOBBLING, YOU WOULDN'T SIT IN A CHAIR LIKE THAT IF YOU COULD SEE THAT IT WOULDN'T HOLD YOU UP. PLUS, WHEN YOU GO INTO A PERSON'S HOUSE OR SOMETHING AND THEY INVITE YOU TO SIT DOWN, YOU TRUST THAT PERSON. YOU HAVE A PHYSICAL PERSON HERE THAT YOU KNOW WOULDN'T LEAVE A BAD CHAIR OUT, AND SO YOU ARE PUTTING FAITH IN A PERSON WHO YOU CAN SEE AND TOUCH. BUT WHEN IT COMES TO GOD, YOU CAN'T SEE GOD. YOU CAN'T TOUCH GOD. YOU CAN'T FEEL GOD WITH YOUR PHYSICAL SENSES. AND SO YOU HAVE TO USE SOMETHING BEYOND A HUMAN FAITH. THERE IS A HUMAN TYPE OF FAITH, LIKE WHEN YOU FLY IN AN AIRPLANE. YOU MAY NOT KNOW HOW AN AIRPLANE WORKS. YOU MAY NOT KNOW THE PILOT OF THE AIRPLANE. SO YOU'RE TAKING SOME THINGS BY QUOTE-UNQUOTE FAITH. BUT IT'S A HUMAN FAITH. YOU KNOW THAT THERE ARE REGULATIONS THAT GOVERN. YOU KNOW, THE UPKEEP OF A PLANE. YOU KNOW THAT THAT uh, BUSINESS THAT YOU'RE FLYING IN THEIR PLANE, THAT THEY WOULDN'T BE IN BUSINESS IF THEY DIDN'T uh, HAVE GOOD PILOTS AND THINGS LIKE THIS. SO THERE ARE PHYSICAL, NATURAL THINGS FOR YOU TO PUT YOUR FAITH IN. BUT WHEN IT COMES TO BELIEVING FOR SALVATION, HOW DO YOU DO THAT? BECAUSE YOU DON'T HAVE ANY PHYSICAL THINGS. YOU CAN'T SEE GOD. YOU CAN'T HEAR GOD. YOU CAN'T TOUCH GOD. NOW, IN A SENSE, YOU CAN DO THOSE THINGS THROUGH FAITH, BUT I'M TALKING ABOUT JUST WITH HUMAN FAITH, YOU CAN'T SEE GOD. AND YET, TO BELIEVE IN SALVATION, YOU HAD TO BELIEVE IN A GOD WHOM YOU CAN'T SEE. YOU HAD TO BELIEVE IN SINS THAT YOU CAN'T SEE. NOW, YOU CAN SEE PEOPLE COMMIT SINS, BUT I MEAN, DOES THAT SIN LEAVE A MARK ON THEM? CAN YOU SEE SIN? IS IT LIKE A BLACK SPOT? AND IF YOUR SINS WERE FORGIVEN, DO ALL OF A SUDDEN ALL THE BLACK SPOTS Uh, DISAPPEAR? NO, IT'S NOT LIKE THAT. THERE ISN'T ANY PHYSICAL THING THAT YOU CAN SEE THAT YOUR SINS ARE FORGIVEN. BUT YET, HERE YOU ARE. YOU WERE BELIEVING IN A GOD WHOM YOU CAN'T SEE. YOU WERE BELIEVING THAT SINS WERE ERASED AND FORGIVEN, THAT YOU CAN'T SEE THAT HAPPENING. YOU WERE BELIEVING THAT THERE IS A DEVIL. YOU NOT ONLY HAD TO BELIEVE THAT THERE WAS A GOD, BUT YOU HAD TO BELIEVE THAT THERE WAS A DEVIL, THAT YOU WERE HEADED TO A DEVIL'S HELL. YOU'VE NEVER SEEN THE DEVIL. YOU'VE NEVER SEEN HELL. SO I SAY ALL THESE THINGS TO SAY THAT WHEN IT SAYS THAT BY GRACE ARE YOU SAVED THROUGH FAITH AND THAT NOT OF YOURSELVES, YOU HAD TO HAVE A SUPERNATURAL FAITH TO BELIEVE FOR SALVATION. WE WERE SO DESTITUTE THAT WE COULDN'T EVEN BELIEVE SALVATION. IT'S TOO GOOD. IT'S NEARLY TOO GOOD TO BE TRUE. YOU COULDN'T BELIEVE THAT YOUR SINS WERE FORGIVEN WITH JUST HUMAN FAITH. GOD LITERALLY HAD TO IMPART HIS SUPERNATURAL FAITH TO YOU THROUGH HEARING THE WORD OF GOD. AND THAT'S WHAT ROMANS 10, 17 SAYS. SO THEN, FAITH COMES BY HEARING AND HEARING BY THE WORD OF GOD. GOD HAD TO CONVICT YOU, AND THEN FOR YOU TO RECEIVE THAT SALVATION, YOU HAD TO LITERALLY RECEIVE THE GIFT OF FAITH, A SUPERNATURAL FAITH. SO I'VE SAID ALL OF THESE THINGS TO SAY THIS, THAT THE FAITH YOU USED TO RECEIVE SALVATION WASN'T YOUR FAITH, IT WAS GOD'S FAITH. AND IT WAS LITERALLY IMPARTED UNTO YOU. YOU KNOW, LET ME SHARE A PASSAGE WITH YOU THAT WILL SAY THIS EXACT SAME THING OVER HERE IN GALATIANS CHAPTER 2 IN VERSE 16. IT SAYS, KNOWING THAT A MAN IS NOT JUSTIFIED BY THE WORKS OF THE LAW, BUT BY THE FAITH OF JESUS CHRIST. NOTICE IT DIDN'T SAY BY FAITH IN JESUS CHRIST. IT'S NOT COMPLETELY WRONG TO SAY THAT WE PUT FAITH IN CHRIST, BUT IT TECHNICALLY IS CORRECT TO SAY THAT WE WERE JUSTIFIED BY THE FAITH OF JESUS CHRIST. HE HAD TO GIVE US HIS FAITH 
IN ORDER TO RECEIVE HIS SALVATION. IT GOES ON TO SAY, EVEN WE HAVE BELIEVED IN JESUS CHRIST THAT WE MIGHT BE JUSTIFIED BY THE FAITH OF CHRIST. IT WAS JESUS' FAITH THAT JUSTIFIED YOU, AND THEN FOR YOU TO BELIEVE THAT, YOU HAD TO RECEIVE HIS FAITH GIVEN TO YOU. AND PAUL GOES ON TO SAY IN VERSE 20, HE SAYS, I AM CRUCIFIED WITH CHRIST, NEVERTHELESS I LIVE, YET NOT I, BUT CHRIST LIVETH IN ME, AND THE LIFE WHICH I NOW LIVE IN THE FLESH, I LIVE BY THE FAITH OF THE SON OF GOD. NOT BY FAITH IN THE SON OF GOD, BUT BY THE FAITH OF THE SON OF GOD. SO THERE'S THREE TIMES RIGHT HERE IN FOUR VERSES WHERE HE TALKS ABOUT THE FAITH OF JESUS IS WHAT JUSTIFIED US. AND WE PUT FAITH IN JESUS, YES, BUT WE LIVE BY THE FAITH OF THE SON OF GOD. SO MY POINT IS, WHEN YOU GOT BORN AGAIN, GOD GAVE YOU FAITH AND NOT AN IMMATURE FAITH. YOUR FAITH DOESN'T HAVE TO BE SOMEHOW OR ANOTHER IMPROVED AND GROW UP. NOW, YOU WILL GROW. THERE IS A GROWTH IN THE FAITH LIFE, BUT IT'S YOU RENEWING YOUR MIND AND LEARNING HOW TO USE IT. THE TRUTH IS, WHEN YOU GOT BORN AGAIN, YOU WERE GIVEN THE FAITH OF THE SON OF GOD. HERE'S ANOTHER VERSE THAT GOES ALONG WITH THIS. IN ROMANS CHAPTER 12 AND IN VERSE 3, LET ME GET OVER THERE. ROMANS CHAPTER 12. I'M NOT SURE I CAN QUOTE THIS WHOLE VERSE, BUT IT'S THE LAST PART OF THE VERSE I WAS WANTING TO FOCUS ON. IN VERSE 3, IT SAYS, FOR I SAY THROUGH THE GRACE GIVEN UNTO ME TO EVERY MAN THAT IS AMONG YOU NOT TO THINK OF HIMSELF MORE HIGHLY THAN HE OUGHT TO THINK, BUT TO THINK SOBERLY ACCORDING AS GOD HATH DEALT TO EVERY MAN THE MEASURE OF FAITH. IT DIDN'T SAY THAT GOD DEALT TO EVERY MAN A MEASURE OF FAITH, NOW, I'M AWARE THAT THERE ARE TRANSLATIONS THAT SAY THAT, BUT IF YOU PUT THIS TOGETHER WITH THOSE VERSES THAT I JUST READ OUT OF uh, GALATIANS CHAPTER 2, VERSES 16 THROUGH 20, IT SHOWS YOU IT'S NOT JUST FAITH IN JESUS, IT IS THE FAITH OF JESUS, AND THIS SAYS THAT HE HAS DEALT TO EVERY MAN THE MEASURE OF FAITH. IT'S LIKE IF, YOU KNOW, WE WERE IN A SOUP LINE OR SOMETHING, AND IF I WAS THE ONE THAT WAS DISHING OUT THIS BIG POT OF SOUP, AND IF YOU CAME BY WITH A BOWL, AND IF I USED A LADLE FOR ONE PERSON and, AND FILLED THEIR BOWL, AND THEN THE NEXT PERSON I USED A TEASPOON, AND THE NEXT PERSON I USED A TABLESPOON, AND THE NEXT PERSON I STUCK A STRAW IN THERE AND SUCTIONED SOME OUT, it, THOSE WOULD BE DIFFERENT MEASURES, AND THEREFORE PEOPLE WOULD GET DIFFERENT AMOUNTS OF SOUP. BUT IF I HAD ONE MEASURE, AND I USED THE MEASURE, THEN EVERYBODY WOULD GET THE MEASURE OF SOUP. THIS SAYS THAT HE HAS DEALT TO EVERY MAN, THIS IS TALKING ABOUT EVERY MAN WHO'S ACCEPTED HIM, EVERY BORN-AGAIN MAN OR WOMAN, EVERY BORN-AGAIN PERSON HAS RECEIVED THE MEASURE OF FAITH. I DON'T HAVE ONE MEASURE OF FAITH, AND THEN YOU HAVE ANOTHER MEASURE. SEE, THERE'S A LOT OF PEOPLE THAT WILL HEAR THE THINGS THAT I'M TEACHING AND THEY'LL SAY, WELL, YEAH, I KNOW THAT GOD DOES THESE MIRACLES. I KNOW GOD CAN DO EVERYTHING. I JUST DON'T HAVE ANY FAITH. WELL, RIGHT THERE, YOU HAVE JUST SHOT YOURSELF IN THE FOOT. YOU HAVE JUST SEPARATED YOURSELF. YOU SAY, YEAH, GOD HAS THE POWER, BUT I DON'T HAVE ANY FAITH. IT'S NOT GOING TO WORK. IF YOU'VE BEEN BORN AGAIN, YOU WERE GIVEN THE FAITH OF THE SON OF GOD, THE MEASURE OF FAITH. AND THAT VERSE THAT I JUST READ OVER IN uh, GALATIANS CHAPTER 2, VERSE 20, SAYS, I AM CRUCIFIED WITH CHRIST, NEVERTHELESS I LIVE, YET NOT I, BUT CHRIST LIVETH IN ME. AND THE LIFE THAT I NOW LIVE IN THE FLESH, I LIVE BY THE FAITH OF THE SON OF GOD. 
not faith in the Son of God, but by the faith of the Son of God. The Apostle Paul, who wrote half of the books of the New Testament, said he was using the faith of Jesus, not just faith in Jesus, but the faith that was given him at salvation when everyone received the measure of faith. We are saved by grace through faith, and that faith was not of ourselves. It was a gift of God. It came through hearing the Word of God. The Apostle Paul said he had the faith of the Son of God. If there's only one measure, and Paul had the faith of the Son of God, then guess what? You and I have the faith of the Son of God. You don't have a faith problem. What you've got is a knowledge problem. You don't know what you have, and faith is governed by laws. I'm probably not going to have time to go into all of this, but there are laws that govern faith. One of the obvious ones is that the Scripture says, you will have whatsoever you say. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And so words are powerful. They have either life or death in them. And people are ignorant of this law. They don't understand how important words are. God created the heavens and the earth. You and me, everything physical that we see was created by words. Words are the parent force. Words are powerful. They have life and death in them. And the average Christian doesn't know this, and so they will just sit there and speak death. They'll tell people that, you know, oh, man, I'm, I'm hurting. I don't know. I, th I think I, this thing's killing me. And we will speak what the doctor says about us instead of what the Word says about us. And without even realizing it, we're hung by the tongue. Faith is governed by laws. And one of those laws is that faith is voice activated. It says, whosoever will say unto this mountain, Mark chapter 11, verse 23, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith will come to pass. He will have whatsoever he saith. Words are important. This is how you release faith. It's how God released his faith. He created the heavens and the earth with words. He spoke them into existence. We are created in his image. And when we speak words, they either release life or death. And sad to say, because most people don't understand this and believe it, they speak words of death. Oh, this thing's killing me. I'm going to die. And people ask, how are you? And man, you just like throw up all over them by speaking forth every hurt and every pain that you have. And by doing so, you have limited and stopped the power of God from flowing through you. So you do have the faith of God. You don't have a faith problem. What you've got is a knowledge problem. You don't know what you have. And we aren't cooperating with how faith works. It's not your faith. It's the faith of God. And therefore, it's God's faith. You can't, you know, people will say, well, I'm of the Baptist faith. I'm of the Methodist faith. I'm of the Episcopal faith. I'm of the Catholic faith. The truth is there's only one faith. And you may sit there and think, well, this is the way I operate faith. No, it's God's faith. And you've got to learn how to operate it according to His laws. And one of those laws is speaking. Another law is faith without works is dead. For you to say one thing and then opposite, act in the opposite direction, you're negating your faith. You're destroying it. And so you don't really have a faith problem. What you've got is a knowledge problem. You aren't aware of what you've got. And again, I go back to a verse I've used a lot, 
Philemon chapter 1, verse 6, Paul was praying for his friend Philemon, and he said, I pray that the communication of your faith would become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. He says it's by acknowledging what you already have, not by going and getting more, not by God giving you more faith. Oh, God, increase my faith. Oh, God, give me faith. You don't need to pray that way. What you've got to do is start acknowledging what you already have. You have to acknowledge that you've already got it. That's what this whole teaching is about. And yet the average Christian doesn't know what they have. They aren't acknowledging what they have. They're asking God for more. And specifically in this realm of faith, they just think that they have a little tiny measure of faith, a measure. No, it says in Romans 12, 3, the measure. There's only one measure. God didn't give you an inferior faith. When you got born again, you received God's supernatural faith. It was a gift. It was given to you. And the good news is it doesn't evaporate. It doesn't dissipate. It doesn't lose its potency over time. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. The gift of faith, it says, by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. That gift of faith it never fades away. The gifts and the callings are without repentance. You still have that same faith that you used to get saved. It's the same faith that the Apostle Paul used. The Apostle Peter said, let me just turn it over to 2 Peter chapter 1 and read this so I don't miss it. But he says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained. Notice it's already done. Not to those who might obtain or could obtain or you should strive to obtain. But no, you have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. If you look this up in the Greek, it means that you have identical faith with Peter. Peter walked on the water. People, P Peter walked by and his shadow would just touch people and they would be healed. Peter was a powerful man of God, and he says, you have the identical faith, the light, precious faith with us. You do not have a faith problem. You got a knowledge problem. As a matter of fact, it goes on to say right here, this is the apostle Peter writing, and he says in verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that had called us to glory and virtue. Everything that you need, everything that pertains unto life and godliness comes through the knowledge of Him. And in context, He was talking to people who had the identical same faith that He had, but you have to have knowledge of that. You need to quit asking God for faith and instead start learning what you have and renewing your mind and learning these laws like speech, like actions that release the faith of God. And you need to renew your mind. You've got everything that you'll ever need. It's on the inside of you, but you draw it out through knowledge, through understanding. And that's the reason that I am pushing this teaching so much that you would understand what you've already got. I encourage you to listen to our announcer. He's gonna give you information. I not only have this book but I have it in Spanish. I have a study guide in English and in Spanish. We also have DVDs and CDs. And I promise you, if you listen to all of this material, it's going to be hard for you to stay 
DEFEATED. THIS WILL HELP YOU. LISTEN TO OUR ANNOUNCER AND PLEASE CALL OR WRITE TODAY. YOU'VE ALREADY GOT IT WAS PROFOUNDLY INFLUENTIAL FOR MY HUSBAND AND, and I. I'M NOT GOING TO BEG GOD FOR ANYTHING ANYMORE. I AM GOING TO BELIEVE FOR WHAT I ALREADY HAVE. ALL THE STUFF THAT I WAS WORKING TO TRY TO RECEIVE FROM GOD, I ALREADY HAD. SO ALL I HAVE TO DO IS JUST BE THANKFUL FOR IT. Uh, ONE OF MY FAVORITE TEACHING IS uh, YOU'VE ALREADY GOT IT. FINALLY IT WAS LIKE uh, DAWN OF HOPE IN MY HEART AND IT WAS REALLY AMAZING TO KNOW WHAT WAS ON THE INSIDE OF ME. Andrew's complete teaching titled, You've Already Got It, is available in a CD or DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. It's also available in a book and study guide in English or Spanish. Each of these products is available for a gift of any amount. Or you can get them in the You've Already Got It package. This package includes the book, the study guide, and your choice of either the CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $90, but you can get it today for only $60. Andrew's book, You've Already Got It, is available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. And we encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide this book to you free of charge. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of January, Andrew will be speaking in Sherman, Texas and in Durant, Oklahoma. Then in February, Andrew will be speaking in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Next, he'll be in Orlando, Florida for a Gospel Truth Conference with guest speaker Greg Fritz. And in March, Andrew will be in Woodland Park, Colorado for the annual Karis Bible College Men's Advance. NFL Hall of Fame and Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy will be a guest speaker at this event, along with James Brown, Emmy Award winning broadcaster on the CBS and NFL networks. Also in March, Andrew will be back in Woodland Park hosting the Army Conference for Ministers. Guest speakers at this event will be Pastor Dwayne Sheriff, Billy Epperhart, and Dr. Barry Burns. For more details on Andrew's next meeting in your area, visit our website at awmi.net. I'd like to encourage you to call in. And I know that God is speaking to many, many people, and you may have had the Lord touch you today. And if you just need somebody to touch and agree with you, the scripture says, if any two of you agree touching anything that they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father. 
So we have these people, I mean powerful people who love God and are equipped in the Word of God. They're there to pray with you and help you. The number is 719-635-1111. That's 719-635-1111. Have you checked out the inside story yet? It's a great way for you to get an inside look of what is happening at Andrew Womack Ministries. With over six years of interviews, there's a lot to get excited about. Check out this month's featured story today, only at awmi.net.